Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Welcome to a Track Withaview podcast. An unofficial look at things Bellevue Speedway, be it the 12-time British League and 14-time Knockout Cup champions, the Bellevue Aces, or the two-time British League Division 2 and one-time National League winners, the Bellevue Colts. episode and a fair few things have happened uh, we are now at the end of the regular season so the plan for this episode is to kind of skim over the the final five aces meetings um, and then have a brief little preview shall we say of the upcoming playoff fixtures that have now been set in stone. So, skimming through these five meetings that we are going to look back at, we start off with the double-header meeting against the Wolverhampton Wolves back on August 30th. Um, And pretty much the day was miserable for Bellevue fans, as it's a double for the Wolves winning 49-41 in both meetings, uh, both at the National Speedway Stadium and at Monmore Green. Uh, The first meeting uh, was a damaged limitation exercise, it felt, uh, in the sense that there was no real hopes of an Aces win, uh, but trying to keep it close would be a, an ideal result, you felt, just to get some momentum at home. However, after four races, the meeting as a contest was dead and buried. Uh, that was pretty much thanks to the Wolverhampton Riders getting out of the gate, and Bellevue, much like they tend, tend to have done at home all season, uh, it struggled to find a setup, but also not being able to trap is a huge bugbear, which I've pretty much done to death on this podcast so far this year. As it was, though, Heat 1 saw the Wolves taking a 5 1. That was through Sam Masters and Brock Nickel, as they lowered the colours of 1 Dan Bewley. Heat 2 saw things getting marginally better, uh, but still not the result we wanted, uh, as a 4-2 from Ryan Douglas and Leon Flint made it 9-3. Two further 4-2s made it a 17-7 scoreline for Wolverhampton after four races, and it was pretty much... A real damage limitation exercise from that point onwards. A couple of free threes in heats five and six saw the deficit still at a ten point margin. Um, then saw Mark Lemon bringing in Dan Bewley ahead of Tom Brennan as a tactical substitute ride in heat seven, as him and Brady Kurtz picked up a five one to make it a 24-18 deficit. But much like Bellevue tend to do, when struggling and have a good race win, we tend to undo it all in in the very next race. And this was no exception. Heat number 8 saw Jai Efridge and Tom Brannan suffering a 5-1 against through Brock Nickel and race winner Leon Flint to get the deficit back to a 10-point margin for those P. 
pesky wolves. Bellevue then took a 4-2 in Heat 10 through Dan Bewley and Tom Brennan. A couple of free frees in Heats 11 and 12 kept the Wolves still with that annoyingly 8-point margin. Um, but then Heat 13 saw Bellevue having a faint hope of possibly taking victory. Um, or even a point, as Bewley and Kurtz took a 4-2 against Masters and Schlein. And Heat 14 saw Becker and Douglas getting a free-all to pretty much get the Wolves hitting that magical 45-point mark and give the Midland side victory in the match. But then it was just a case of would they take the three points or would it be four? And of course, Bellevue being Bellevue, we pretty much helped Wolves along. As the Wolverhampton Wolves took a 4-2 thanks to Douglas and Sam Masters with a Dambuli sandwich. Um... So that gave them a 49-41 to 41 win. Um, just getting my notes. So, if we take a look at the scorers for Bellevue. No, we'll start off with Wolves. So, Sam Masters, 11 points. Mm, a bit... Not his normal self around the uh, the Manchester circuit, but still a very good score with 11. Brotnickel with 5 and 3. Richard Lawson, his guest, uh, didn't have his best meeting, I think it's fair to say, as he scored a solitary point. Luke Becker, solid if not unspectacular, 7 and 1. Rorish Line, pretty much been. Rory putting himself about had a good tussle with Brady Kurtz in a couple uh, of races uh, one with Kurtz uh, and then a couple of other interesting races shall we say uh, he scored 5-2 and two. Ryan Douglas impressed once again uh, as he scored 15 down at reserve as well of Leon Flint scoring five. However, for the aces, from reserve, Nikolai Busk Jakobsen, uh, Nilpois never looked like scoring. Uh, Tom Brennan, four and one, put the effort in, but just couldn't get a break. Brady Kurtz, eight and one. Solid performance. Um, as I've said in previous ones and this will be a recurring theme on this episode uh, while I may have given grief over the course of the season he has battled back uh, and shown why he is one of the best riders in the British League at least um, with a solid 8-1 Charles Wright scoring 10 um Again, it was one of those meetings where it kind of didn't dawn on you that he had so, so many points. Uh, it was just, much like I said about Becker, in being unspectacular, unspectacular but scoring points. Steve Worrell, which this is going to be a bit like a Jekyll and Hyde episode for Steve Worrell. Uh, but he scored three and one. Uh, Jai Effridge... At number two, yet again, struggled uh, scoring just the one point. I think it's fair to say that he isn't a number two rider. Uh, and due to Richie Worrell being out uh, with a finger injury, it hasn't helped Jai in the fact being into the main body of the team. Um, but by God, he's tried. Um and, of course, Dan Bewley, 15 points. 
moving later on that evening. So Bellevue headed down to Wolverhampton. Bellevue then took a shock 7-5 lead. Uh, that was with Bewley and Etheridge taking a 5-1 in the opening race, I believe. I have notes written and I have lost them. Um, of course, don't expect this to be a, a fantastically professionally produced podcast. Um, the reserve race saw a 3-3 and then saw things change with a 5-1 from American duo Luke Becker and Brock Nickel as they got the better of Charles Wright and Steve Worrell who had an absolute nightmare in this meeting. Kurtz and Jakobsen took a 4-2 to level things up at 12 apiece. Wolves then took a couple of 4-2s and 5-1 in heats up to heat 7 uh, as they led 25-17. A couple more shared races in heats 8-11 uh, with Bellevue having race winners from Jakobsen, Kurtz, Wright and Bewley. Uh, Heat 10 saw Bellevue adopting once again the tactical substitute ride uh, with Bewley missing the gate completely and pretty much (laughs) summed up Bellevue. Yes, so it wasn't a a great meeting. Um, Wolves hit 45 points in Heat 13 through Masses and Schlein. But Bellevue did end on a high with a 5-1 uh, with Dan Bewley and Brady Kurtz taking a 5-1. So starting with those victorious Wolves, Sam Masters 9-1, Brock Nickel 7-1, Rider Replacement for Nick Morris, Luke Becker 14-1, Rory Schlein 10 Ryan Douglas, 8-2, having another superb performance against the Aces down at that reserve berth. And Leon Flint, 1-1. For those Aces, Dan Bewley scored 13. Jai Etheridge scoring 1. Charles Wright scoring 7. Brady Kurtz scoring 10-1. Tom Brennan, 4, and Nikolai Busk-Jakobsen scoring 6-2. Two things about that day. Put out the next day that Jakobsen had had pretty much almost a a few days racing back-to-back-to-back-to-back. So he was a bit jaded and fatigued. Um, I think the, the home leg kind of shown that. Um, but scoring 6-2 isn't isn't to be sniffed at. Um, but you was, you'd hope the following uh, week that he would have a, a, a better meeting. So we will come on to that in a minute. Uh, for, for Steve Worrell. Now, this is what I mean by a Jekyll and Hyde episode. He has had one of, I think, and he will probably admit himself, he has had an absolute shocking year for the Aces. Um, For the Pirates, he has been fantastic. He scored pretty much double points in every meeting they've ridden. Uh, For Bellevue, though, it's been a completely different story in the fact that he has hardly got close to double points figures and if we're being completely honest the premiership isn't that difficult um compared to the championship which this year is a how it's a it's a weird way to 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 say um the championship is pretty much the premiership this year due to the depth and strength of the teams in it uh and the premiership is pretty much second tier in in fairness, but he had an absolute shocker. Um, so three points 
uh, at home and then had a no points in free rides and while fans have been on his back and while you can argue and say kind of with social media abuse he was getting I think a lot of it is down to frustration from Aces fans in the fact that he he's rode so well everywhere else but when he's put that Ace of Club logo on it's almost been like a deterrent in a sense and he's just not been doing the business um, so I think that's why all the frustration on top of all the Aces poor performances um, kind of just culminated in a bit of a a clash um, with Worrell and Aces fans um, and this this kind of seemed like the, the, the turning point in his season at Bellevue, it feels. Um, and I'll kind of get to that in a second. Um, but yeah, losing to Wolves was always pretty much certain to happen. Uh, but I think it was just the manner of the defeats which hurt more than anything. So with the Wolverhampton meetings out the way, we then had Sheffield away and at home in a space of a few days. Uh, the meeting at Alderton seemed to have been an absolute bore fest. Um, that was pretty much a report from both Bellevue and Sheffield fans, um, with many complaining that the track at Alderton was a as as Coolio would have once said, if Speedway based, uh, a Gators paradise. Uh, the only interesting or noteworthy uh, thing to come out of that meeting was in Heat 15, Bellevue needed a 5-1 to get a draw. Um, but the only time that they actually seemed to make a gate in the match saw the referee pulling it back and Sod's Law being Sod's Law, Sheffield then got out on a 5-1 through Jack Holder and Adam Ellis to condemn Bellevue to a third straight defeat and lose 49-41. The scorers, or the scores as we should say on the doors, uh, Dan Bewley Finished with eight. Rider replacement for Jai Etheridge, uh, as he was still struggling from his recent crash he had uh, at Berwick a couple, well, probably a month ago now. Uh, Steve Worrell started the comeback trail with six and two. Charles Wright scored ten. Brady Kurtz had a bad night, scoring five. Tom Brennan had one of his best meetings in Aces Colours with 8-1 and, and had Simon Lambert, who is a former Sheffield Tiger. Uh, he scored 4-1 at reserve. It was probably one of our best reserve scores as a, as a duo for a long time. Um, but that said... We then welcomed Sheffield to Manchester uh, for the televised meeting and saw the Aces getting revenge over their Yorkshire counterparts with a thumping 54-36 win, uh, including 10 race advantages. Count them. 10. 1-0. Uh, with only 2 against. On a as something that I have bashed or beat the drum to all year long, when we have a slick track, we do seem to perform a downside better than we do with a grippy track. And hey presto, we get a slick track. And what do you know? We turn up and by 
God did the Aces make it work for him. So, Bellevue led 12-6 with three straight 4-2s. Steve Worrell, who had a new bike and new engine and things all sorted, uh, to which he did say prior to, before the meeting that he had things getting looked at and things would be different. And they were. And he looked like the Worrell of a couple of the early seasons of the old National Speedway Stadium. Um, so, Sheffield got their first race advantage through Adam Ellis holding off Brady Kurtz with Bickley taking third. Uh, that was in the Battle of the Guests as we had Simon Lambert again. Worrell and Wright took a 4-2 over Holder and Bachelor uh, for an overture score of 18-12. It was an interesting meeting for a couple of the Sheffield riders. I will touch on that in a second. Anyhow, Pickering and Howarth surprised Kurtz and Brennan with a 4-2 to make the deficit down to a meagre 2 points. Uh, that was at 22-20. Bachelor and Ellis then took the next two race wins uh, in as part of two shared races. Uh, but then from then on, it was all one-way traffic from the home side. Bewley and Etheridge took a 4-2 in Heat 10. Kurtz and Brennan in Heat 11. And Worrell and Lambert in Heat 12. Holder then in Heat 13 broke the tapes. um, And kind of summed up Sheffield's night. Uh, Nothing was going right for him whatsoever. Uh, He went 15 back. uh, But he couldn't do anything uh, but watch Kurtz and Bewley bang in a 5-1 with Brennan and Charles Wright repeating the feat in Heat 14 to give the Aces a dominant lead heading into the final race. Uh, Heat 15 saw a very get me words a very entertaining final race. Um, That was we had kind of like two races in one. Um, so out front, you had Adam Ellis and Dan Bewley kind of rehashing their battle from the British final, uh, with the Aces man on this occasion coming out on top. But the battle for third was even more interesting, with Steve Worrell and Jack Holder, uh, to which at one point they were both chasing the dirt off gate one, um, to which... Normally, everyone stays either on the outside line or slightly mid-track, but they were battling for, for third place, um, running across gate one. Uh, as it was, a 4-2 for the Aces uh, gave them a commanding 54-36 win, as I said. Uh, scorers from that meeting for Sheffield. Kyle Bickley is guest with four. Daniel Hume with zero. Adam Ellis with 11. Josh Pickering, five. Kyle Howarth, six and one. Troy Batchelor, not one of his best meetings um, with three. And Jack Holder with a surprising seven and one score. For the hometown aces, Simon Lambert proving a a dependable guest uh, with two points. Tom Brennan, probably his best score at home, uh, unless I have misread. Uh, he scored nine. Brady Kurtz, nine. Charles Wright, five and two. But much like you could say for Brennan, his efforts deserved far more than what the actual total tells you. Uh, Steve Worrell, 12. Flying, he was. I, I don't think anyone could complain about that performance. Uh, Jai average three and one, 
seem to struggle at times, uh, to which he is really an influential rider down at reserve. And thankfully, um, again, though, much in the same of, right, his scores didn't kind of justify his performance. He battled, he just didn't get the points. And running at one, Daniel Bewley paid maximum uh, with 14 and 1, to which I have it as being his. Just check, getting notes, just take a look at yourselves for a second. Uh, his second, or his first paid maximum at home this year. Um, more on him in a minute. So that then took us to the final meeting of the regular season with the Kingsland Stars returning to the Great North West uh, as they took on the Aces in an entertaining match uh, with Bellevue running out 49-41 winners. It was an even contest to begin with, um, with the scores deadlocked at nine apiece after three, um, with Heat three playing host to, in my opinion, the race of the season uh, that was involving Kingsland's Eric Riss and Bellevue's Charles Wright and race winner Steve Worrell, to which Riss had two meet uh, two races in one. Uh, the first half of the race was him up against Worrell um, and saw Worrell coming out top then saw Charles Wright nearly said James uh, battling with Riss for the remainder of the race and had him just having enough speed to pull himself round Riss on the final bend for a one after seven rates it saw Bellevue leading 24-18 with again Worrell and Wright taking a heat advantage this time a 4-2 that was before Bewley and Etheridge took a 5-1 in heat number 6 Kingsland then took a 5-1 in heat 8 that was through Messrs Ben Barker and Connor Mountain. Again, more on him later. Dan and Jai then got a 5-1, followed by a 4-2 from Kurtz and Brennan to give the Aces a 10-point lead at 38-28. The visitors took a 4-2 in Heat 14, uh, with Connor Mountain signing off with his third race win of the night before Heat 15 saw the Battle of Cumbria with Craig Cook and Dan Bewley fighting it out for first place. Initially it was Whitehaven's Craig Cook leading the race and saw him putting a a hard move on Dan Bewley. Um, that was before Mary Port's own Mr Bewley saw him making an equally hard move on Cook uh, and gave as good as he could get or gave as good as he could get uh, as he chopped the proverbial nose off Cook to move into the lead and take maximum points for the third time this season as he got a full maximum Um, moving to the scorers Starting off with the Kingsland Stars, Casper Anderson, 2-1-1, Connor Mountain, 13-2, brilliant, no, can't say any more than that, brilliant, uh, Thomas Jorgensen, 6-1, up and down meeting for him, Lewis Kerr, 4, Eric Riss, 2-1, involved in some really entertaining races, despite him not getting the points. Uh, ben Barker, 5. And Craig Cook, 9-1. and one. 
who is interesting as a guest after Kings Leonard kind of gave him the boot early in the season, but such is British Speedway this year. For the Bellevue Aces. So, Theo, I'm saying Piper. It's not pronounced Piper. Despite the fact that everyone, for as long as I can remember, has always called him that. Um, but he scored nil pois. Uh, Tom Brennan, 5-1. Brady Kurtz scored 8. Charles Wright, 5-1. Steve Worrell, another great performance from him. 10-1. Not as many points as last week, but still a fantastic performance. Jai Everidge with his most solid riding at number two. Uh, he scored six and two. And Dan Bewley, who from getting that maximum becomes the outright leader for most aces full maximums at the National Speedway Stadium uh, with three. Uh, previous, it was Kenneth Bier and Max Frick with two. Uh, so he has bypassed them by one. Um, yeah, the, the meeting itself was more uh, of a confidence building for the Aces going into the playoffs. Um, and it, <laughs> it's a bit frustrating in the sense that we have a dominating performance against Sheffield we then face Kings Lynn uh, have a decent performance against them and then we have a long wait before the next meeting um, which yeah a lot goes to how this season has been with having just having six teams in a league it doesn't work but that's a that's a topic for another day so, we now know the playoff matchups. Um, I think all year I've been predicting it's going to be a Wolverhampton Bellevue semi final. Um, we could still get that, but it won't be a semi final. It will be a final if it was to happen. So, the matches that have been set up if I can get the and nothing is working for me sods law ah here we go so we have first versus second what order we don't know um, because it says Peterborough have chosen Wolverhampton which is ridiculous because Peterborough in second, uh, Wolves at top. It does seem a bit like a bit of a cop out with the league just getting the fixtures out all quickly. Um, so Peterborough will face the Wolverhampton Wolves. Uh, they will meet on the 27th of September, which is next Monday. That's the first leg. Uh, the following Thursday, the 30th, sees a War of the Roses in the semi-final with the Sheffield Tigers facing the Bellevue Aces. Monday, October 4th, sees the second leg for Peter and Wolves, while, again, the first year of that week, we'll see Bellevue hosting Sheffield in the second leg. Um, so... I think over the last couple of days, <clears throat> I think the match after Monday involving Peterborough and Sheffield, I think if Peterborough won that, it would have been interesting to see what would have been picked. Um, I think the fact that Sheffield put on such a good show against Peterborough and beat him on their home shale, I think did put the cat amongst the pigeons uh, in these playoffs because I think most people for the last few months at least uh, considering we've known 
pretty much who the sides are in the semi-finals for a, a long time. Um, I think everyone kind of thought it would be a winner from Peterborough or Wolves. However, the last couple of weeks have seen the the top two having maybe running out of steam, could we say? Probably not. Um, but that's what I'm saying anyhow. Uh, that's because Peterborough have lost to Sheffield. Uh, Wolves drew against Kings Lynn, which you kind of expected they would have defeated the Stars, even away from home. Um, and then they got beaten by Peterborough to lose their home record. Um, Sheffield, I have put on Twitter that Sheffield do look like the dark horse for these playoffs. But that's because no one really kind of gives them much of a chance. Um, but then I've written a, a, a few notes or playoff appearances, shall we say, for each team. So, and this is probably going to be all garbage, but this is what I've written. So, and again, this is more championship based on, on Sheffield. But looking at the last five meetings for Sheffield, bearing in mind they still have one match left to go, that's against Kings Lynn, uh... So they have a win, a loss, a draw, a loss, and a win. Their last five home meetings have a record of two and three. Away record, surprisingly, is three wins, one draw, and one loss. Um, Playoffs-wise, they've reached the playoffs five times and in the finals they've made it six times won it once lost five times uh, with their only championship victory coming against Ipswich back in 2017 moving to a another team that has suffered misfortune in finals is the Bellevue Aces our final five matches has seen us winning the last two and losing the three previous before that. Home record in the last five meetings is three and two, with Peterborough and Wolves being those two sides to have defeated us. Away from home, a one and four record. So we've kind of gone backwards from how we were at the start of the season uh, where we pretty much won a couple of meetings uh, and had a better away record than home playoffs wise made the playoffs five times made the playoffs final three times with the worst playoff well we are the worst playoff side in the playoff era uh having won also one leg out of the six finals. Um, so we didn't win either leg against Coventry in 2005. Uh, in 2015, we drew at home against Poole and lost by two to Poole. And then 2016 suffered that nightmare start at Wolves that cost us. Um, and then did beat the the Wolves at home but it was too much of a mountain to climb for Peterborough their last five meetings as it stands prior to them facing the Kings Lynn Stars stands at a loss and four victories their home record is a three and two while Away from home, a dazzling 5-0. Playoff-wise, five times they've made the playoffs. One finals appearance, 
and have a 100 success rate, uh, beating the Reading Bulldogs, as they were in 2006, in the last heat decider. And they're also the only side of the four teams to have won a playoffs on home shale. Uh, that's because Wolves have won all theirs away from home, um, which is kind of ruined my note I've put for them. Uh, and Bellevue have just never won a playoffs. Moving to Wolverhampton, their last five meetings lost to Peterborough. One, 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 and drawn. Their home record is 4-1. and one. Away record is 3-1-1. One, and one. Playoffs appearances, 8. Made 5 finals appearances. They were the first ever team to win a playoff uh, in 2002 when they beat the Eastbourne Eagles. In 2009, they won the league title against the Swindon Robins, and in 2016, they defeated the Bellevue Aces. Um, Again, as I've just said a minute ago, Wolves, I think if finishing second, would probably be happier in a way. Uh, I was saying that, it probably doesn't really make too much difference. Uh, But they have won all their league titles when they have not finish top of the standings um, <laughs> much like Bellevue have finished top of the standings and just never won it um, so playoff history and there isn't too much to go off this um, but Bellevue um, and Wolves have faced in the playoffs twice Wolves have won both times in 2016 in the grand final and the semi-final the following year where they won by, I think it was one point. Um, Peterborough and Sheffield have met once in a playoffs, albeit the championship, and saw Peterborough running out the victors on that very occasion. Um... It's it's an interesting one, this this year, because um, I've it's I've been really hot and cold over it. It's I found myself looking forward to the playoffs, but then I've kind of convinced myself that we aren't doing anything in it, because uh, I'd convinced myself we were going to face walls, and so I'd convinced myself victory was all but sealed and it was going to be a Peterborough and Wolves final um, but now with Peterborough throwing a little monkey wrench into those plans it's it's made it an interesting playoffs now because um, you could say the two form t- sides are Bellevue and Sheffield uh, and the two not confidence crisis um, but the two doubting sides, in a sense, in a sense, um, in Peterborough and Wolves, it's going to be an interesting couple of semi-finals. Um, more notes, because I like to keep these pointless stats. So, looking at it, between Wolves and Peterborough, four meetings this season. Peterborough hold a 3-1 lead over the series uh, with a 47-43 loss at Wolves. Then won 51, oh sorry, 49-41 at home. Then won 51-39 at home before beating them Last Monday night, oh sorry, two Monday nights ago, um, with a 
42 victory. Um, so, and this is where I get really sad. <coughs> so, the first two races, or first two meetings even, uh, Peterborough ran out 92-88 winners on aggregate, if you did it over two legs, like the old style. The second set of fixtures saw the Panthers having a 99-81 to victory over the Wolves for probably the only team to have a season record victory over the Wolves. Um, which hasn't actually dawned on me till now. So, yes, moving to the other semi-final, that being Bellevue and Sheffield. Um, so, four meetings. The first two meetings at the start of the season were very close contests, uh, with Bellevue winning 47-43 in the season opener. Um, a 46-44 defeat uh, for the Aces at Owlerton. Uh, saw Bellevue taking a 91-89 aggregate win. Um, not that aggregates count, but just go along with it. Uh, the second set of fixtures saw Bellevue losing 49-41 away. And then the 54-36 win um, with an overall total of 95-85 in favour of the Bellevue Aces and taking into account all the scores combined and Bellevue have a 186 to 174 um yeah interesting um so I've really surprised myself i thought this would have been a much longer show um i don't really have much else to talk about to be perfectly honest um but yes those are your playoff matches again peterborough against the wolverhampton wolves and bellevue aces against the sheffield tigers complete your premiership playoffs but i suppose we have the time to talk about the championship very very briefly um so we'll kind of get the, the bad news out of the way so as of the 22nd of september which is a wednesday uh, news came out this morning that the Birmingham Brummies has been put up for sale, um, which follows very closely on the heels of the sad news that the Newcastle Diamonds um, have pretty much been put up for sale as well. Um, new ownership is needed at both clubs, uh, but unfortunately... Speedway being Speedway, whenever a team gets put up for sale, it's uh, it's normally the, the, the death knell, really. Um, plus, with Eastbourne withdrawing earlier in the year, or late on this year, uh, Speedway in this country is it's dying, in, to put no finer point on it. Um, so... And the, the kind of the irony is, as as of tonight, um, one there's two championship meetings, um, two meetings with different kind of conversations. Um, one is Pool and Redcar, that with top versus second. But who would have expected Redcar to be up the top uh, compared to the the other teams? Uh, and the other one sees the two teams put up for sale with Birmingham 
facing the Newcastle Diamonds at Berry Bar. Um, you just couldn't write it, to be honest. Um, but fingers crossed, toes and everything else, um, hopefully someone can step in and save both the Diamonds and the Brummies, uh, because we we need more team. We can't afford to have teams going out of business. Because, um, I mean, I could do a show talking about how bad the the BSPL is, um, and just how the sport is badly run. But I mean. I think I ranted on it last time, so I'll kind of give it a miss this time because I'm going over all ground, and I don't, I don't really want to talk about it. That said, though, um, yeah, probably not the best way to end the show with, in truth, but I suppose that truly is 2021 in British Speedway. Um. Again, and I really mean this. Thank you if you've got all the way to the end. Always appreciate and really appreciate it. Uh, if you've any feedback uh, or anything you'd like me to talk or maybe not talk about, uh, you can always give me a tweet. Uh, that is at... On Twitter, at A, capital A, capital T for track, with a view. Um, yeah, thank you for, for listening. Uh, God bless you if you've got this far. Um, yeah, hopefully, oh, not hopefully, I will be doing a Colts uh, season review, but I'm going to leave it uh, till the end of their season uh, which should be next week I believe because I think they face Kent um, unless that has changed uh, but such is life but yeah thank you for listening uh, enjoy your speedway if you're able to watch any um, Sorry to any Birmingham and Newcastle fans, but our fingers crossed that some good news can happen soon. Um, but for the for Bellevue, uh, up the aces, and we will hopefully convene next week or very near future. So for me, thank you for listening.